Hello everyone, welcome back to the You Like That podcast, lockdown, isolation session, whatever you want to call it. Um, for another week, you're joined with me by myself. My name's Adam and I am one half of You Like That podcast. Um, New South Wales, the fuck's going on, man? Sydney, you're fucking letting us down here. Um, still here, in lockdown. Jack is still at home, in lockdown. But this week very big week, should have been a very big week, bigger than what it's going to be now for us, for Black Widow, um, obviously one of the first big Marvel movies to come out in the cinemas, and conveniently at the time when we get put back into fucking lockdown, so going to be an interesting one today where I will give you my review of Black Widow, uh, and then after that I will add in Jack's review of Black Widow, so you're going to get... The double review, but separate because of obvious reasons. Um, so you'll get mine first and you'll get Jack at the end. Um, we'll both go in depth with it. And then I think Jack might have answered some questions as well. I'll go and answer some questions that you guys left for us on Instagram. And we'll just have fun with it and see what happens from there. But um, hopefully you're all staying safe and trying to abide buy these restrictions so that we can get out of this shit because fuck me I want to go back to the cinemas and I want to see friends I want to do so fucking much that I just can't do it fuck but if there's one thing I can do is still try to bring you guys as much content as we can uh that is why obviously we're doing these lockdown sessions Jack is doing the midweek review um just himself gives him some time to make his own sort of content um let him go through and pick all the uh, the voting options that you guys can go and vote upon what you'd rather him do um, until we get out of this rough patch, which hopefully is soon, um, and we can get back to our list of new movies that are coming out, hopefully before some bigger ones. So, today we're going to talk about Black Widow. I'm going to jump straight into the review. Um, there's no real news this week, nothing massive at all. There's no been... There's no been no massive trailers, no big reveals, no nothing like that. So figured, fuck it, we'll get the news out the way. We just won't bother with it. We'll just go full Black Widow, my review, then Jack's review. Uh, and hopefully you'll will enjoy this. So Black Widow is a 2020 movie that came out in 2021 that finished filming in 2019. Uh, obviously... Being Marvel and during the start of the pandemic, big question marks over when is this movie going to be released? Obviously, when you spend two hundred million on a movie, you want it to have a big box box office draw. Uh, then, obviously, you know enough came to enough; they had to release it at some point. Otherwise, it's just going to set back everything else in their phase four plans. So we finally got it this month in what are we June, uh, which we got cinematic release. And then the Disney Plus Premier Access release. Me and Jack collectively have spent $70 on Black Widow. Never thought. Never thought I'd, I'd, I'd do that. I spoke about it when Mulan came out and I said, no, there's no fucking way I'm going to spend $35 on fucking Disney Plus renting a movie. Yeah, well, we fucking had to, didn't we? Thanks for that. But hey, it's all right. At least I get to keep it and watch it again. Um, but yes, so... It is out now. For some people outside of New South Wales, you can go see it in the cinemas. 
uh, but otherwise watch Disney Plus like we have. So, um, quick little plot summary. Uh, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Ooh, sounds good, doesn't it? It's just, it's like a half-origin story in a sense. Um, so this was directed by Kate Shortland, who is an Australian filmmaker. Uh, she doesn't have any major credits. She's done a couple shorts, uh, two or three motion pictures, I guess you call them, a couple TV episodes and that and whatnot else. But hey, Australian taking helm of this one. I'll give it to her. Done pretty fucking well. Uh, runtime of 134 minutes. It's a bearable Marvel runtime. It's two hours just over. Yeah, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. Uh, as I said, budget of $200 million, And the box office is currently sitting at $61.9 million, Which is not bad considering, you know, uh, it's still pandemic times. America's just getting their uh, a majority of their cinemas back open. Over here, we're fine. But, you know, Australia never has that big of a draw anyway. And then wait until the, the Asian market opens up and you'll be swimming. You'll be fine. Uh, if Fast 9 can make half a billion already, this is going to be fine. Uh, so this is starring Scarlett Johansson, obviously. Uh, then you've got Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Ray Winston, Olga Kurlienko, Rachel Weisz, um, uh, among a couple others in there that do more minor roles than anything. But they're your main cast. Um, so, the... Oh, sorry, also, the Ron Tomato score. How can I forget? So dumb. 80% for the audience. Uh, sorry, for the critics, sorry. No, no, no. Critic is 80%, which, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, did I expect it to get 80 with the critics? Probably not. After watching it, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the audience score is 92%. That one kind of shocked me. Because, you know, you we got hyped for this movie for two years and was like, uh, it's just Black Widow and it's you know, she's dead now, so it's obviously, this is in the past, and, you know, do we really care, what is this going to bring to the next phase of Marvel, it didn't, it didn't seem to be fully hyped, and they're not, it's not like there was a lot of people, like, like, really clamoring for this, going, fuck, I want this movie, man, so, and then I think with the constant delays and the moving of the pandemic and during that time, you know, we had the Loki TV show, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've had a plethora of trailers for the new Marvel stuff coming out. And then in the mix, it goes, oh, but don't forget, there's the Black Widow movie. <laughs> and then, yeah, we got it. And you know what? 92% on the audience. I back it. This is a really good movie. Um, I did not expect myself to be saying that. Excuse me. Never. Um, very surprising. Uh, I, even from the trailers, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's just going to be a Black Widow movie. It's just going to be a bit of action. What is this going to bring me to the next part of Marvel? Why is this going to keep me interested? Why am I going to be intrigued with this? Uh, but no, I... Genuinely, it just, it was a fucking good movie. Um, so, let's start spoiler-free, um, because obviously, being Marvel, there is some spoilers uh, in regards to the end, plus 
your post credit scene. Spoiler for that, there is a post credit scene, but I'll talk about that in the spoiler section. So spoiler free, this movie is really well written. It's got fat that needs to be trimmed. It has certain points here that could be changed, but it's a Marvel movie. They all have that. Then none of them are going to be perfect, regardless of who you ask. There's great character work. Um, costume design is great. Locations look amazing. Action sequences are, are mint. They're absolute mint for the action sequences. And that's probably my highest regards is to this movie is that the action looks really, really well done. Um, the fight sequences are brilliant. Whenever there's vehicles involved, just looks good. It looks really good. Um, in terms of the story, obviously we learn we learn more about who Black Widow is, uh, Natasha Romanov, who she was as a child, how she became who she is now, uh, and what that organization is still doing. So, for anyone who's not too aware, this movie takes place after the events of Captain America's Civil War. Uh, so, in case you're confused, of is this all the way back to her beginnings, or where is this, this is happening sort of in the middle of where we know her to be, um, and know her as. So, it's, obviously, you're not going to expect too much, because it's, once you know that's where it's taking place, it's, yeah, you go, okay, it's smack bang in the middle. I know what happens after these events. So where is this going to lead? Um, like in that small portion, what have we missed out and what haven't we heard or seen since, since then? And no, they do, they do their best to really make a, a, a thriving story that sort of sheds a bit more light on her character, uh, why she is the way she is and such, um, without going too over the top, to create something that's going to happen in the future of the Marvel movies, which you do get in the end. Well, I'll get to that in the spoilers. But in the two, two and a bit hours that transpires upon, you get an easy-to-follow plot. Um, it's pretty much given to you black and white as it is. You just go, yep, point A, point B, sweet. It's no set jumping here and there. Um, it's just, they just give it to you how it is. And you just put it together yourself and go, yep, fuck yeah. Easy to follow. I'll cop that. Um, Florence Pugh, who plays Scarlet's sister. Sister. It's not by blood, but we learn about who the Black Widows are and the, the organization that they're run by and such. And as children, they were taken and trained and forced to be the Black Widows. Um, she, she's brilliant. I really like her in this movie. Um, obviously coming over from Midsommar, um, she has, you know, she's playing a Russian, a, a, a Russian woman in this, so she's got the Russian accent, which, you know, they don't want to sound too inappropriate, but Russian accents, most people know how to do a Russian accent. It's not the hardest thing in the world. It can be cheesy. It can be given to you as a cheesy type of character to, to, to listen to. Um, but, uh, regardless of that, if you look past that, her as a character is, 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 is wonderful. She drives a plot really well and she has her own thing set up for the future of the MCU. So I don't think we're going to be, 
This is not going to be the end that we see of Florence Pugh's character. Um, David Harbour, who is playing Alexi, uh, also known as Red Guardian, who is one of the first super soldiers along with Captain America, but the Russian one, um, he's uh, underutilized, maybe. Maybe they might save him for something in the future. Um, I would have liked to seen more of him, but in the same sense, you probably, you would have thrown in too much if you went a bit uh, origin origin led of, of David Harbour's character, uh, regardless of how much we all love him from Stranger Things and such like that. Um, for a movie like this, you don't want to put in too many people and give their story in this. Um, but uh, he's funny, as he always is, uh, used when needed, um, brought in when needed, and he's just the father figure. He's He's playing the the father of Natasha and um, Yelena, Scarlet and Florence, their characters, um, obviously not their real father, but they're on a, a mission at the start. And it's like, well, that he may as well be their father. Um, so his character is fine. Uh, there's nothing really wrong with his character. Just maybe they could have used him in different areas. And we get to see his Red Guardian costume and they sort of, allude to a bit of a oh wouldn't it be great if he got to see captain america and this and that but obviously present day cap is dead now so unless there's a multiverse thing fucking who knows um who else we got uh taskmaster is the big one so we finally get the live action taskmaster uh again as a massive mcu character in the comics um, there has been different iterations, so I think people's, uh, expectation of this one may have been put off, uh, depending on what iteration of Taskmaster you know. Uh, for me, it was definitely of the, the, like, the skull mask and very, like, uh, masculine type Taskmaster. Uh, obviously, hearing that is played by Olga Kurlienko. Uh, we find that it is a female iteration of Taskmaster, which has been done for, before, so it's not like that's completely new and out of the ordinary. Um, that's just the MCU's twist on it for this this part of the MCU in the cinematic universe. And I think it's going to be the one thing that a lot of people have their gripes with because of how different Taskmaster can be, depending on who you ask. Um, I think the costume looks great. Uh, I prefer like the skull mask looking one, uh, the bigger full cape and everything. But this one's pretty fine. I think they did really well in the costume design for this Taskmaster. Um, the origin behind her, behind this version, again, it's, it's different to the other iterations that we know of it. Um, and you know, you you take it how it is. It, it this Taskmaster adds to the action scenes and and everything like that. So. Uh, it, it, they're a driving character, they're fodder, it's just utilizing this how it is, and to add some sort of threat, because there needs to be some more major threat, because it's a Marvel movie, but they're not that major, it's it's a weird one, because you have your Marvels that have, oh, it's this big inter, interdimensional being, or it's this god, or it's this 
select creatures or whatnot. And this one's like, oh, it's just the leader of the Red Room who created the Black Widows and and Taskmaster is, her do- is his daughter. And that's the big threat sort of thing. Um, but hey, I, I, I enjoy the Taskmaster version. Could have been done better, definitely. But for this, I enjoyed what we got. Um, I think that's about it for the, for the spoiler-free uh so I'm going to jump into some spoilers just so we can talk about the ending of this film and where I think this is going to uh, continue on for the MCU. Uh, so if you don't want any spoilers from my review, uh, please turn yourself off in three, two, one, and you should be done and gone so we can talk about the ending. So the ending is obvious. Uh, Black Widow is alive. Natasha is alive. Because this is after the Civil War, she obviously is going to continue. But the interesting part is the post credit scene, which is obviously the reason why they kept this movie going for so long and being like, no, 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 we didn't, you know, this has to come out before anything else does because of X. X being the post credit scene. Her sister comes to Natasha's grave. Um, uh, obviously, this is now set present day after the events of Endgame and such. And we see Julia Louis-Dreyfus' Julia Louis character that we first got introduced to in Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, come up and speak to Yelena. Obviously, they now work together as well. Uh, we saw her take... fucking uh, try-hard cap from the show. Can't remember his name. John something... Captain John, we'll call him. Uh, <laughs> um, she comes in and says, oh, you know, I wanted to give you your job in person. It's the man responsible for your sister's death. It's Clint Barton, Hawkeye. We know that there's a Hawkeye show coming out. So this straight up went to me. Up, oh, bang. There's going to be the big play for the Hawkeye show. Obviously, we see him training his daughter. So this is going to be set after Endgame as well, obviously. So this could tie in really well because I wouldn't see this happening in a movie standpoint. I see this in the show. It drives the show for that season. It gets to a climax and then we move it to a movie. That's all I can sort of think from that. There's no other... I couldn't see that being put into any other movie. Obviously, the shows are becoming such a big thing now where it's just... I feel like it's easy now for Marvel and Disney just to go, well, let's start with the show, give it six episodes create our story and then bang we'll plop that in a movie at a later point it's easy shit for them now and they know that it works and they know it draws numbers and they know it creates new arcs and new stories so i think that's where that's going i could be wrong from what i've read a lot of people also think the same way um but hey that's it's all up to interpretation you think about it however you want to think about it um so that is a good setup and a good leading towards another TV series. I enjoy the way that they're doing that and being able to make people want to watch these shows. Um, definitely makes it easy for them and makes it easy for us to want to do that type of stuff. Um, anything else spoiler wise? I think that's all I really wanted to spoil was just the post credit scene. Um, but no, the... It is just a good movie and feel a bit bad for giving it a bit of slack and being like, ah, oh, Black Widow, I don't really care if I see it or not. I'm, I'm, 
I'm pretty happy that I watched it now. It's just like any other Marvel movie, except maybe Captain Marvel. But um, it's worth the watch. I'll I'll straight up go out and tell you it's worth the $35 if you want to watch it now instead of waiting for New South Wales to come out of lockdown and go see it at the cinemas, which would have been great to see it like that as well. But hey, a new Marvel movie in the comfort of my own home, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, so that's Black Widow for us. That's my review done here. I'm going to go and answer some questions now, um, just quickly to end off my part of the episode. Uh, and then after this, you can go and watch Jack's review and see if he answers any questions himself as well. Um, but anyway, Black Widow, if you're not in the lockdown zone, go out to the cinemas, go watch it. If you're at home and you're in lockdown, trust me, it's worth the $35. Buy it. You get to keep it and watch it as many times as you want. So do either of those things. It is worth the watch. I recommend it highly. And yeah, it's good. We're very good. Okay. So some questions over on the Instagram. Um, we'll go with Gemma first. Do you guys think this fucking shithouse pandemic will inspire future films? God, I hope not. Because we've already gotten... Uh, there was a new one coming out with Anne Hathaway that was centralized around COVID and her being like a jewel thief or something. I already hate that. I don't want to see a plethora of C-grade horror movies about the pandemic and then it's COVID, but then they turn into zombies and fuck and, and, and whatnot else. I don't enjoy those pandemic type movies where it, like it's just like a disease and it's more of like a documentary type thing, but it's like, oh, it's this and that. And like, I don't... I don't want to watch anything like that um, because living in it has been bad enough. I don't want to watch a movie uh, centralized around fucking COVID. Uh, I don't think it'll bring anything towards any other genres of films. Um, I don't know what else anyone could really take from what happened in this pandemic um, other than maybe how to get around filming and techniques and marketing and how to release and when to release Maybe that might change the background, like logistics of things. But in terms of films themselves, I hope that they don't take this as a source of material uh, because we don't need it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, Chelsea, go-to lockdown meal or comfort food? Fucking anything, man. Like, I don't have a comfort food. I just eat things. It's just whatever's available to me and I'll just have it. Um... In the lockdown meal, really, it's just going to be probably some eggs in any way on anything. I don't really care. Um, but there's no no specific thing that I would go to that I'd draw myself to uh, other than maybe some chocolates. Um, <laughs> all right, Brooke. Uh, who is your hottest friend? Hmm, well, I don't know. Maybe MK because that's what you wanted to hear. Um, you know the answer to that is the kid. It's MK. Um, Mario Kart or Mario Party? Um, you know what? I uh, that's really hard because they're two completely different games, and you got to be in the mood for either one. I'm better at kart, but I have fun being angry at my friends at party. I'll go kart. I'll go kart. Uh, friends or Seinfeld? Um, I go Seinfeld. 
Hey, hey, hey. She asked. I just answered. Sorry for all the Friends fans out there. I like Friends. I just prefer Seinfeld. Uh, weird food combo you enjoy. Food combo. I don't think I've got any weird food combos. I mean, chicken and waffles is always one. If no, if anyone's ever been to Shelley's and the the bistro part, of, I haven't been there in like two years and I don't fucking remember what it's called. Um, but there was one of the places there that do chicken and waffles with syrup and chips and it is just to fucking die for. It's really fucking good. So if you've never had chicken and waffles, man, you're missing out on that. Uh, fave Cafe. It's got to be Cafe L's. Cafe L's in Warilla. Mint. The specials are always primo. Um, they do they do really good shakes there as well. Um, generally pretty 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 quick as well. Very good. Um, definitely recommend them. Uh, favorite small local businesses. <sighs> Got to be honest, I don't really know any. Um, uh, who is around? I guess maybe the the corner shop at Albion Park, maybe. Um, I'm so sorry if I have friends that have small businesses I just don't remember what you do uh, whoopsies I'll move on uh, what motivates you in life Ah, probably just living in Australia I guess I could be a lot worse off in worse countries um, I don't really uh, it's going to sound bad I don't really have motivation in life I just go? Is that bad, the way I'm thinking there? Like, I can't think of something that just motivates me want to keep me going. Like, yeah, okay, Brooke, you for one. Uh, I guess you keep me going or wanting to keep going, but I want to keep going anyway, so I don't have any plans to stop going. Um, but I don't need a motivation to keep going. I'm just good at good to just keep going right now as it is so i mean i guess just yeah just life motivates me to to life well uh oldest thing you own for fuck probably i've got a stuffed teddy bear that i had since i was like born and i know i've still got it here somewhere because mum would kill me if i ever threw that out um but it just basically sits in my closet anyway, so it's kind of thrown out. But it's still there. I still got it, Mum. I've still got it, okay? We're good. Um, last one. Favorite thing to do in lockdown? Gaming with the boys. You better believe it. Nothing better than a good sesh of Apex or Rocket League or FIFA Pro Clubs to just calm down, fuck off from work, and just have fun with your fellas. And that's all it's about, guys. Hanging out with your fellas, or your, or your, what's the female version? Fair, fair fellas and Sheilas, yeah. You and your Sheilas, <laughs> fucking hell. This, I hate recording solo. It fucking sucks. If you can't tell, I hate it. I need Jack to complete this show. He always says it's my show and he's nothing to do with it. He's fucking half of it and this fucking shows it. I can't do this by myself. I need Jack to blend us together and actually give you guys a good a good show and some real good content. But I'm trying my best and I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
So with that, I'm going to end my portion of the episode here. Um, I thank you guys for hanging around and listening to my review of Black Widow. Um, now I want you to stick around, listen to Jack's review of Black Widow, and let him answer some questions for you as well. So for right now, halfway through this episode, I'm signing off. My name is Adam and I've been one half of the You Like That podcast. And now, please hold on for Jack, the other half of the You Like That podcast. And I'll see you guys next week. Hello, everyone. Jack here, the other half of the You Like That podcast, the only half in the room at the moment. I'm still in my gulag at the moment. I don't think that flag is coming. Um, I'll have to put something up on the walls or something because we're going to be in lockdown for the rest of fucking eternity. So uh, we're here in my room in the prison cell that... It's just horrible to look at. If you're an audio listener, you don't have to worry about that. Lucky you, you also don't have to see what I look like at the moment because it's not great. Um, Yeah, so it's my turn to talk about uh, Disney's Marvel's 2019's Black Widow starring Scarlett Johansson, Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, and David Harbour, of course. Um, uh, The first MCU movie since Far From Home, I want to say, but there's no... There's no, uh, we're not wanting too badly because we've had uh, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now Loki, which is wrapping up next week, which means Spider-Man trailer, maybe, hopefully, at the start of the week after that. Let us all put our fucking collective fingers together, cross them all, cross all our limbs. We need a Spider-Man trailer. We need something. We need something from Spider-Man, for God's sake. Well, this has nothing to do with Spider-Man. I just want to talk about Spider-Man all the time. This movie is a an in-between cool. It's not quite an origin. It's not quite a prequel. And it's definitely not a sequel to anything. This takes place just after Civil War. Um, that's to its benefit. I'm so fucking... I like this movie. I like this movie a hell of a lot. I think it is almost great. Um, it's a bit pointless. Um, it, it, it's a bit wasted in bits and bobs. But fuck, there's some great performances. It looks great. It's a shitload of fun. It reminds me a lot of The Winter Soldier. Not in quality. I'm not saying that. The Winter Soldier is like my fourth or fifth favorite movie of all time. Um, But it's very much just like, hey, here's a cool spy movie with these characters. Just have a bit of fun with it. That's great. Thank fucking God they did that. There's a little bit of origin at the beginning. The trailer really made it look like it was going to be flashing back and forth. We kids and stuff and origins no stop doing origin movies we don't need any more origin movies never ever need an origin movie again um just fucking whip it out in the opening credits just fucking wall of text i don't care do it like star wars no more origin movies please this isn't one and it's good i like this movie i like this movie a lot um i probably would watch it again but uh, yeah it's pointless isn't it There, there is not a lot of reason for this movie to exist even back when it was supposed to come out, um, I, I really—it's just hard to find its place in the world, you know. Um, not everything has to connect. Not everything has to matter so much for the MCU. And I get that. I get we can just have a fun spy movie with these characters. But after so long, without any of the movies, at least being super connected, super effective for the world WandaVision came along and sort of went hey I'm gonna affect the world pretty greatly in like 2022 but until then you've just gotta sit tight Falcon the Winter Soldier was like hey here's a new Captain America hopefully he'll be back 
uh, of course, Anthony Mackie rules. It also sets up uh, Sharon Carter as, uh, what's her name, the power breaker. And um, Lady Seinfeld is a villain or something. Works for S.H.I.E.L.D. but also might be Hydra. Fuck, what's her name? Elaine. It's Elaine from Seinfeld. I don't remember her real name, I'm sorry. And then, yeah, Loki is really looking like it's going to fuck with everything pretty greatly. So that's cool. We have our little fix. There's no Marvel fatigue because the shows are spaced out really well in terms of release and being weekly. So that's good. But the movies, we've been fanging for something for so long since Far From Home because Far From Home is very good. Far From Home, right? Yeah. Spider-Man. It's very good. Uh... The post credit scene was a bit of a bummer. And it's just like, ah, I don't care. So we wanted more. This is not that. This is just a good action movie. But fucking take a shot every time I say that. Um, so yeah, the the it's it's weird for a Marvel movie because like the there's less focus on big action set pieces. The there's like a car chase in it. And it's just really short and like not that much happens. They just kinda get away, sort of. Like, yeah, there's a big car crash and stuff and a motorcycle gets flipped over and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and then it ends kind of similarly to The Winter Soldier. There's like a thing falling out of the sky and explosions and people are falling out of the sky and it's all very slow and tense, even though we know the fate of a Black Widow. She doesn't die then, she dies a little bit later. And then it serves as a setup for Florence Pugh as the next Widow, or will she be good? Will she be bad? Perhaps the post-credits point to either of those. It's kind of ambiguous. Um, probably good, though, because she'll turn up. Um, when will she turn up? Fuck, I've already forgotten. She's going to turn Oh, in Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll turn up in Hawkeye. Because that's next, and that's that's very related to all the Black Widows and stuff. And also, I might have just spoiled the post-credits a little bit. I'm very sorry. This would be very spoilery. Um, Hawkeye's not in the post-credits. Sort of. There's a photo of it. Full spoilers. Anyway. Non-spoiler review. Uh, it's fine. It's a very good, fun action movie. Good spy movie. Not an origin story. It's heaps better than anyone ever thought it was going to be. Heaps better than the trailers. And yeah, just a lot of fun. Full spoilers. We're in the spoiler zone. <laughs> sorry about spoiling the post-credits scene already. I'm very sorry. So yeah, um... Took some notes, so I'm going to be occasionally looking at my laptop. Please don't take that as any rudity. Um, yeah, so there's more focus on story, characters, chemistry. Um, the, the only problem with that is Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, uh, Natasha Romanoff, because it, it doesn't matter. Why are you developing and fleshing out this character? Even if this movie came out last year when it was supposed to, She's still already dead in the timeline. This is still an in-between call. So it's just like, why are you putting in the effort now? Why didn't you develop her earlier? Because she's a fucking great character. Scarlett Johansson is great as her. Um, her, her. She's not super-powered, right? That's really interesting. So she just has to be a fucking badass by herself, and she is. And her fights and stuff are always cool because she has to adapt and like just use whatever she can because she's just a human being. So they develop her and flesh her out and give her all these things to care about. And then you're just like, ah, but why? Why should we care? Even within the context, in the confines of the walls of this movie, just don't care. I'm sorry, you're developing an already dead character. 
But you're also developing the family. Um, the family was a sham. It was only like three years of a job and they just pretended to be family or whatever. But, you know, it's the only family any of them have. So they just kind of, you know, towards the end, they're just like, eh, we still had some fun times and felt like a real family. So, yeah, you know, we're all getting along and shaking hands and nice. But the dynamic, it, it's cast so well in the chemistry and dynamic. It's actually pretty funny. Like, there, there's a scene where they finally all meet up again, like, way, way later down the line, they break David Harbour. David Harbour, by the way, I think I predicted on the show, we'll have to go back and find it, fucking just takes the ball and runs away. Just runs away with this movie. David Harbour is comfortably the highlight of this movie. Um, I know it's a female-led action superhero movie, and I'm going, oh, but the male's the best. I'm sorry, he just is. He's a fucking joy to watch. He's hilarious. His accent comes and goes. He play, he, his character is just like, he's, he thinks and he truly believes he's the equivalent of Captain America, right? Yeah, just this super boastful, over-the-top superhero, but nobody really buys it and you're not sure if he actually did any like hero stuff because it's never just said and if he brings it up, the girls just kind of roll their eyes at him and stuff. And it's so fucking funny, dude. And he's great. He gets to do some cool superhero shit towards the end, though. Um, which, you know, makes you think, oh, maybe there's some credence to his stories. Or, you know, he is, he's is he got the super serum in him, so he can at least handle that and do stuff with it. Whether he was saving the world or saving Russia or whatever, nobody really knows. Um, yeah, it's kind of, they, they, they just flash Natasha out for no reason. And then all the reviews I read of this were just like, yeah, well, it sets up Florence Pugh perfectly. Yelena? Yelena? They set her up perfectly as the next widow, but they they don't really. They show her as a very, a very, very confident and adequate superhero. Like, but she's just kind of on the same level as Natasha. Like, and they don't do much with that either. They're not competing. They just kind of have the same skill set and do the same things with it, sort of. You know, uh, Yelena's like uh, jealous. I don't want to say jealous, but she's kind of like, you know, picks and jabs at Natasha for being a hero, being on the cover of magazines, she says, and like does superhero pose landings and stuff. And then she does one later and she's like, oh, that felt gross. It's much funnier in that. Florence Pugh is fucking great in this, by the way. I hope she's in heaps of Marvel stuff coming. I really like this character. I don't like her accent. She's going to have to do a Scarlett Johansson and just give up the accent I don't remember if they ever explained that in the movies but Nata- like remember when Natasha was introduced and she was like trying to be Russian and then she couldn't sustain it so they're like ah fuck it just do your normal accent uh, Florence Pugh is going to have to do that because like the Russian accents in this are pretty choppy and not very good even David Harbour's like he's you know my favourite bit of the movie but his accent is just shocking Florence Pugh is great she's very adept she's just um you know, you can tell this has been her life, her whole life. And it's just like, oh, yeah, part of the job, pull the tools on, do all this crazy, amazing superhero stuff and be really fucking good at it. And it's like, it's confidence, but it's not showy. It's just like, yeah, I know how to do my job. I'm really fucking good at it. Here I go. And I really like that. She's great. I love Florence Pugh anyway. So I'm very keen for her to be in more stuff. Um, 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 um. Yeah, she, you know, it's good. It's a good movie. Um, uh, I lost my place. I was going to say something, but I've just completely forgotten it. 
I need Adam to come in and fill in the roles while I just, you know, vamp and sing to myself and make hand gestures. It's the action. Oh, Taskmaster, of course. Of course, we have a villain. We have a big Marvel Comics villain in Taskmaster. Sorry that took me so long to get there. Maybe Adam can edit that out. I don't know how to edit, so fucking listen to that. Taskmaster is... Man, it's... It's what brings this movie from great down to just good. Taskmaster should be terrifying. Taskmaster should be an entire movie's villain. Um, they're just a pawn in this. They're just kind of a goon, a henchman for uh, Ray Winston's character, who is like the he ran the Red Room, which is where all the Black Widows are brought up and brainwashed and Manchurian candidated. Yeah, Ray Winston's great, by the way. He's very funny. Uh, not funny. Very menacing and just very uh, just gross, creepy old man. Also doing a terrible Russian accent. Please stop that. Taskmaster is a great villain. I've always loved Taskmaster. Um, he was in that very bad Avengers game and was just very frustrating to fight, but he was also in the Spider-Man PS4 game. Um, and, you know, you had to change your style up because his thing is is the perfect mimic. So he fights, he can take on any fighting style and, you know, make you change your fighting style and have to try and outsmart him and and do what you can because he can predict pretty much your every move because he knows he he's the perfect mimic. They don't do much with, spoiler alert, her. It's Ray Winston's daughter uh, who Black Widow, Natasha, apparently killed and got all burnt up. Didn't kill her, became Taskmaster. The The Taskmaster fights are great. They look great and they're really, really satisfying, but they're just chopped to absolute shit and edited to shit. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, the, the set pieces and action and fights and stuff are really short and not utilized very well. Like Taskmaster, you know, he he does the Black, the Black Panther claws and he has a shield like Captain America. He does a Spider-Man swing at one point. And he fights Natasha very similarly to the way Natasha fights. You know, like lots of grapples and rolling around. And it looks very impressive. There's some incredible stunt work. Um, some stunt women in this got just fucked up. Like there's so much like body ragdolling and falling off of buildings and hitting vents on the way down. There's one stunt woman who gets blasted back into a desk. And, like, her leg bends all fucked up into the desk and she just, like, crumples and folds onto the ground and then it cuts back to Scarlett Johansson who's, like, getting back up. And it's just, like, man, even if you're a superhero, like, Natasha Romanov is just a human being. Like, getting whacked into a desk like that, absolutely fuck her up. But there's some, yeah, like, even though the action is short and chopped to hell, there is some incredible stunts. It's very satisfying to watch. It's directed very well, um... I'm sure Adam said the director's director's name. I don't remember. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's it's just chopped up a bit too much. And the Taskmaster fights are really wasted, I think. Taskmaster is really, really wasted in this. Um, looks great. Fucking hell, I love that suit. Uh, makes a lot of sense within the, the, the world of this movie. But yeah, they just don't do much. They lock her away in a glass case, like, pretty easily. And then she gets let out. And then just 
gets the the brainwash antidote sprayed on her and she's fine. She's not Taskmaster anymore. And it's just like, ah, we could have had a, like a whole movie of Taskmaster getting stronger and then Black Widow like finding out a way to outsmart her. But Taskmaster's one step ahead and, you know, you just could have had that, that, and that, and that again and again, you know, like, you know, I don't make movies. I don't, any movie I would ever make would be shit. We've said a lot before on the podcast and I still agree with that. So yeah, a bit wasted, and that's what I mean. Like this movie's not quite great. It's almost great, but it's not quite great. The the family stuff, the conversations. I never thought I'd say this about a Marvel movie, but like the conversations and the dynamic and interplay with characters, brilliant. Like really funny, really believable. Really, it's not quite heartwarming because it's kind of a fucked up, you know, uh, dynamic. Um, but that's the idea, right? That's you know. They do with it what they can, and there's some really funny moments, and just, yeah, like, they're just great. They're great together, but it doesn't make a great movie, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's uh, great. Uh, almost great, sorry. Um, yeah, this movie's really good. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a hell of a lot. Uh, I don't really have that much more to say about it, really. Like, it's an in-between call for a character who's not coming back, sets up another character, sort of, it just kind of gets the audience on board with her. And then the post-credits happens where Lady Seinfeld from the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier turns up. She recruited um, Wyatt Russell's fake Captain America and turned him into... Ooh, what was his fucking name? I want to say the Patriot, but I don't think it's the Patriot. I think that's another name for War Machine. Oh, Captain Democracy or something. I don't know. But she, she recruited him. She was kind of behind the, um, the the power broker and stuff. I don't think she was behind the power broker. She was kind of connected to the power broker. I don't remember any of this. She turns up while Florence Pugh is visiting the grave of Natasha and then says, hey, here's the guy who killed Natasha. Shows a picture of Hawkeye with his crazy Ronin haircut which I tried to get, apparently, but, you know, I'm not Jeremy Renner, am I? So that very heavily indicates that Florence Pugh will turn up at some point in Hawkeye, whether she'll be a point of contention or she'll just kind of turn up and be like, we're going to be in a movie together later. Sorry I tried to kill you, we're friends now. That feels like it's what's, what it's going to be. The more interesting part of that is who the hell Lady Seinfeld's going to be, um, whether she'll be a big villain Obviously not like a fighty, action, explosion-y villain, but you know, a pulling-the-strings villain. Um, kind of like Old Mate in this one. He has a Russian name, I don't know. Kind of like him. So yeah, setting up the future of the MCU in a very, very small way, while the Disney Plus shows are setting them up in much bigger ways, much more interesting ways. Um, this movie's better than WandaVision. This movie's better than all of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think but not as good as Loki. I think if you're not watching Loki, you're really missing out, especially for the next phase of Marvel movies. You really need to get on to Loki. So yeah, that's Black Widow. It's uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's out in theaters, but New South Wales, yeah, tough shit. Um, yeah, it was weird to buy a full-price movie again. I don't remember the last like Blu-ray I bought for $36, but it was kind of nice to be at home 
and watch this you know it's only a two-hour movie but it probably took me five five and a half hours to watch because i was pausing i was doing my laundry cooking lunch you know like looking at my phone let's be honest that's mostly what i was doing but it was very nice to just be able to have that experience i wouldn't do it for every movie um would i have enjoyed this more at the movies i don't think so because the action set pieces don't warrant it you know it is very much i sat here with the laptop with my headphones on and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. So, you know, uh, it's it re- it's really up to you. $36 is a lot of money, but you do have it forever if that's some solace as long as you have a Disney Plus. So, yeah, uh, I'll be interested to hear how Adam felt about seeing it, watching it at home, um, and how you guys feel about either watching it at home or watching it at the cinemas. But yeah, um, I super recommend it. Black Widow is fucking great. Almost great. I keep... My go-to word is great. But my point of the review is that it's not all, not quite great. It's almost great. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, of course, we got some questions as well. Um, just to pad out time a little bit, I guess. Just to give you a little bit more while we're still in lockdown. Extra this week. Blade 2. Absolutely fucking ran away with it. Like, you guys voted. You all voted for Blade 2 pretty much. Um, I really pushed for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I watched it the other night. It's terrible. It's so fun. I really fucking love that movie. But alas, coming Thursday, there'll be audio, video, me alone watching Blade 2. Deep diving. Seeing what I think of it after not seeing it since I was a kid. Questions? Black Widow's good. Watch it however you want to watch it. Tell us how you watched it. All that good stuff, you know? Brooke. Brooke asked us a few would you rather stuff like that. Thank you for the questions, by the way. We'll probably try and keep putting questions in. I might put something in the extra as well, just for me, like me-centric. If you have anything you want to ask me specifically, I don't think I'm interesting enough to warrant that. But hey, whatever. Maybe some of you will. Brooke, Mario Kart or Mario Party? Uh, Mario Kart for me. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is probably the best racing game I've ever played in my life. When I had my Switch for about four days... I played a lot of it online because it's just like every there was heaps of people always online. You just jump straight in, into a lobby. And it's just super fun, man. Like, yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, very good. I actually don't like Mario Party very much. You have to say that with hushed tones because it, it, it's a cult. Everyone fucking loves Mario Party. I don't. I don't get it. I just don't have any fun no matter who I play it with. I'm sorry. It's not about you. It's about the game. Friends of Seinfeld, I fucking hate Seinfeld. I've never liked Seinfeld. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but I just do not like Seinfeld. Um, I don't know if I don't get it or if it's just not funny. Um, But yeah, Friends for me. I understand Friends is very cringy. It's super white. It's super, you know, just like, oh God, it's so saccharine and sappy. But that's kind of, I like that. You know, I've always loved Friends. I've watched through it like four times in my life. I'm watching through it again still. Yeah, I I just... I love friends, dude. I'm Chandler boy for life. Weird food combo you enjoy? Nothing. I, I don't weirdly combine stuff, sadly. If I'm having a cup of tea at night and I'm just like, I don't know, I'll have some Pringles as well. I guess that's pretty weird, but I don't enjoy that. I just do that because I'm a fat piece of shit and I just have to eat Pringles all the time. So, yeah, I don't really have one of those, I guess. I don't I don't eat a lot. I'm not a big eaty guy. I'm not a food guy. Favorite cafe? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't go anywhere. I don't leave my house. I guess Michelle's Patisserie in Dapto Mall because that's where I used to get my coffees. 
back when I bought coffee, uh, which I don't anymore. I used to spend $10 a day on coffee. $10 a day, that's $70 a week on coffee. Awful. Favorite local small business? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I don't leave my house. <clears throat> I shop at Kmart. Uh, I don't really go to any specialty stores. Um, there's a place in Dapto Mall uh, who a very nice guy used to run DVD World. He has his own like specialty shop in Dapto Mall with like comics and figurines and DVDs and stuff. Um, but I'm sorry, I can't shout it out because I don't remember what it's called. But that shop is fucking great. I've bought heaps of presents from there. Um, I don't know, just look up Dapto Mall Comics. Maybe it'll come up. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name. What motivates me in life? Uh, trying very hard to not be a piece of shit. Um, I try very, very hard to be a good person. Um, I'm not contributing anything to society. Like, my job doesn't benefit society in any way. Um, it doesn't support a family or anything. So, I make up for that, you know, in my personality I guess like I just treat others as they they deserve to be treated and that sounds really harsh and it is very harsh in some circumstances like some people just don't deserve your fucking time and people just like oh be there for everyone you don't know what everyone's going through yeah to a point but you know if someone's just constantly bad to you you don't have to be bad to them back just don't give them your time don't give them the time of day there's very easy but I try very very hard to be super open super honest super trustworthy super kind I like to be someone people come to on a good day or a shit day and just want to talk to me about stuff I like that so yes I try just very hard to make everyone's time on this earth who deserves a good time on earth to just have a good time and be a part of that I like that I don't know now, I know what I mean in my head, but I can't articulate it. I just try and be a good person. <laughs> and that motivates me to keep going, I guess. I suppose. Um, not much has been motivating me lately, I can tell you that. Lockdown. You remember how I did last year? I'm not doing that fucking great this year either. Oldest thing I own. At the moment, honestly, it's probably my base. I got that in year 8, so in 2006... So yeah, I would say it's my bass guitar. Um, I have uh, the the teddy bear that my grandma was holding when I was born. That's in with mum's stuff. Yeah, it's sentimental to her. You know, it's not really that sentimental to me. I, I mean, I was there when I was born, but I don't remember much about it, to be honest. Um, yeah, so you know, whenever I die, mum can look at that bear and be like, hey, my son. Favourite thing to do in lockdown? this doesn't just I don't have hobbies like I was thinking about this question today and I don't really have hobbies like I play games yeah I play The Binding of Isaac I'm a big 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 The Binding of Isaac person um, I play that at least once a day probably about an hour a day just you know it's it's sort of meditation for me it's part of my routine um, you know it frustrates me to tears but I've been playing that game for eight years now probably and yeah I guess that's a hobby I guess it's just part of my day, really. But yeah, there was nothing I did that lockdown is hindering me from other than seeing my partner, It's which has been really rough. Um, but, you know, we never... We didn't go fucking licking street signs or anything, you know. We just... We hung out at home or, you know, whatever. I went to the movies, I guess. Can't go to the movies because of lockdown. But yeah, lockdown, I don't know, whatever. I just... I started reading, thanks to Jessica. 
and that's been awesome. Like I have actually been reading. It's been really cool. Uh, bought a diary. I probably wouldn't have done that before lockdown. I mean, I bought it before lockdown, but I just left it in a closet for months. But now with lockdown, deleted Twitter, deleted Facebook, and I'm just like, I'm going to channel that into my own personal shit. I'm still going to get it out of my head, but, you know, get it out of my head personally and privately, not to Twitter, not to the three followers on Twitter and just cause fights with people who, you know, might have thought it was about them or whatever. You know, you just, it's better off to just keep it to yourself, but get it out of your head. Buy a diary if you're not feeling great during lockdown or at all, really. Even if you're feeling, even if you are feeling great, like, this is good to get it out of you. Um, you know, we are vessels of energy. That energy needs to come out somehow. If you can't see your partner and talk and bounce off them, if you don't really see your housemates that much, you know, you have to get it out of you somehow. So yeah, uh, I've been playing Days Gone. That's really fucking good. It took me a while to like, but once it clicked, it really clicked. And yeah, I've been playing a lot of Days Gone. I fucking love that game. Still watching movies, still reading books. Um... So I guess they're my favorite things to do. I still like cleaning, but I haven't been doing that much either because, you know, I don't have to impress anyone who's coming over, I guess. Um, but yeah, it sucks. It really fucking sucks not seeing my partner and it hurts a lot. It sucks. I guess that was a hobby that I can't do. The question wasn't even about hobbies. I don't know why I started on this tangent. Favorite thing to do in lockdown? Wank. There you go. Who is your hottest friend? Brooke, I'm guessing this was baited for me to say you... But unfortunately, the answer is me. Any friend group, anywhere, anytime, I am just unbelievably fucking good looking. And, you know, I just light up every room I'm in, really. That's it. Chelsea, go to, go, Chelsea, go to lockdown meal slash comfort food. Uh, again, I don't like food. I eat the same three meals on rotation, um, which is sandwiches, sausages, and steak. Um, yeah, just interchanged every now and then. Um, haven't been drinking, haven't been eating fast food. I was eating fast food very badly. I had Maccas twice in a week, a couple of weeks ago, and scared myself. So I've been off of fast food. And then I had a Subway on Tuesday, which isn't that bad, but it's still like, ah, that's still takeaway. I shouldn't have done that. So um, off of those again. No fast food, no alcohol. But sugar, man, fucking hell, I love sugar. I fucking love a snack, me. I'm always snacking. I'm always snacking. Gemma, will the pandemic inspire future films? Yes, it already has inspired films. There's that Anne Hathaway, uh, everyone's in lockdown, we're going to steal a diamond or whatever it was. Remember the ad for that? No one fucking cares. But there's that movie Contagion that came out before the pandemic that apparently everyone's like, oh, geez, that's a lot like the pandemic we're facing now. Um... Yeah, of course, people are going to cash in on this big time, but the problem is no one wants to be reminded about it. Like, comedians aren't doing bits about lockdown or COVID or anything because nobody wants to be reminded of it. It's a horrible thing. A lot of us are still living through it. A lot of us will be living through it for the rest of our lives. People have lost family members, friends, you know. Just nobody. Movies are an escape. Like, we look to entertainment and arts to get out of this fucking reality that most of us hate or at least at the bare minimum you know just want to get out of it for a little while so yeah don't make don't, i'm not talking to you specifically Gemma. Just, hollywood as a whole don't make fucking pandemic movies they're not going to be interesting um i liked malcolm and me but that wasn't about the pandemic that was just like hey we made a movie 
it was like the first movie made under pandemic restrictions and stuff. So, yeah, don't do it. Uh, anyway, this has gone way too long and I'm very sorry. Uh, I have been Jack, uh, the other half of the You Like That podcast. I don't know if we'll cut back to Adam or if I'm ending it. Um, if I'm ending it, go to youlikethatpodcast.store, buy some merch, follow us on all the socials, subscribe to us on YouTube. That's very important. Um, still content coming through lockdown. Uh, we're not going to stop. going to keep doing that. And then, yeah, we'll see you back on the couch whenever we can. I'll see you on Thursday for Blade 2. See you then. <laughs>